but a fun topic. I always like to leave the show with a fun topic of the week, sort of a historical, maybe a fun, fun nugget of information that maybe can help you win some trivia. But the origin of English black tea. Now, I, for me myself, I have studied history um, for a very long time. But until I started studying maritime industry and started interviewing people from the maritime industry, that's when I really started to gain a full sort of knowledge of what's going on and how maritime and the control of the ports and shipping and trade lanes really affects just sort of the entire human civilization throughout the course of history. And so it's been really, really interesting to dive into um, a lot of different YouTubers, um, independent media. I'm a big supporter of independent media. And a lot of YouTubers are up to, are actually you know, promoting this other independent media platform that talks about the uh, different sort of historical, knowledgeable videos. And they create these different things all throughout YouTube. And then they promote this platform called Curiosity Stream. So it's only 20 bucks a year. So I ended up going and purchasing the subscription. And the first thing that I saw was uh, The Return of the Trade Wars, which is a film by Christian Buckard and Daniel Guthrie. Them. And it really was talking about, and it had a whole bunch of different points within the story. But the main point that they talked about was how China is the origin of English black tea. And so going through a lot of the different notes, because I took notes while I was watching this, it was about a 10 minute part of the segment of this actual show that was about 30 minutes long. And so they said tea has always been popular in the UK for literally hundreds of years. But how did that tradition start? And it's considered that tradition starting is considered economic espionage. And so a little bit of a backstory is that China in particular, their borders were closed for a very long time, meaning no trading partners. But the British at the time had the largest naval fleet. This was around the 17th century. So they had the largest naval fleet and they had control over India and some of the islands over in that area of the world. And so because they really wanted to trade with China, what they did was some devious stuff. So what they did first is that they took took the opium. So they took opium that they were growing in other countries and they started supplying it to residents within the southern border of China. And so when China kind of found out, the Chinese emperor, when he found out, he sent soldiers to the south to get rid of these invaders. And so when that happened, the British declared war because they were inflicting or they were, I guess, uh, affecting the different trade opportunities that were going on in that region of the world. So they really just opened fire from their naval fleet from the sea. And this forced China to open up their borders and open up their ports to allow for, that was part of the agreement to end the war, was they had to open up their ports and allow the British to trade with them. And so what happened is that all of these different ports started opening up now. And so you have several different locations up and down the eastern border of China that are now open for the British to become a major trading partner within all of those different locations. If you're looking at the map right now, it's about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different ports that then opened up because of this sort of manipulation using opium, the drug opium, and kind of affecting the population negatively. And then what happened is that forced the, the Chinese into opening fire and then British obviously returned fire. And so what happened after that is because 
that was when the business-minded Brits, as, as they called them, it gave them the ability to create this economic espionage and steal the secret growing, harvesting, and ultimately consumption of Chinese tea, which we know today as black tea. It's actually sort of a fun topic so, or side note that in China, this tea is known as red tea, but in the rest of the you know UK and US predominantly, it's known as black tea. So we're going to play a video for you right now that sort of breaks this down. But because it's done in French, I'm going to talk over while the video is playing. So if we could go ahead and get that video started. So the British botanist Robert Fortune disguised himself as a Chinese person as best he could. During this time, foreigners were strictly forbidden from traveling to the Chinese backcountry. Yet that's where the best tea types were grown. Fortune hired a Chinese guide. Fortune is the botanist that disguised himself as a Chinese person. So Fortune hired a Chinese guide that risked accompanying him in return for a higher salary. And this is how Fortune managed to get to most of the remote areas of China. And this is where the place, these are the places where the best tea was grown. He brought samples, sometimes stole them too. And he observed how the tea was grown, how it was harvested, how it was dried, how it was cut and mixed. And so once they learned how to do this, they started growing the tea in India and they quit buying as much tea from China itself. And so within a half century, so 50 years, 90% of British tea was purchased in India. And that, my friends, is economic espionage. Because I think that what's really interesting is if you think about the modern day landscape of what kind of the US versus China relations one of those bigger arguments is about China stealing a lot of and the Chinese government, not, you know, sort of Chinese citizens. The Chinese government is stealing a lot of intellectual property from U.S. entrepreneurs, U.S. business owners, software companies, things like that. And so it's just a kind of an interesting correlation that, you know, that's the biggest complaint when it comes to U.S. or one of the bigger complaints when it comes to U.S. and China relations. And it was going on and they were at China was actually a victim of this um, years and years ago, hundreds of years ago, which I think is kind of um, an interesting take of why we study history. So to we can gain a larger perspective on why certain societies make the decisions that they do. And I also thought that this was one more final note that I think is super interesting is that the Boston Tea Party occurred in 1773 here in the US. If you don't know what the Boston Tea Party is, go take a history class, please. Um, but the end of the Revolutionary War was in 1783. So that means that the soon-to-be Americans had boycotted tea for roughly 10 years. And it was over these 10 years that people developed a taste for coffee. And once people started to drink coffee every day, there was no going back. And so because of the Boston Tea Party and because of all of the, the you know the issues that were going on between the US and the UK, it caused a lot of US residents to start drinking coffee instead of tea. And now the US currently ranks about 35 out of 55 tea drinking companies, but 90% of the tea market is black tea. So we had the British economic espionage to thank for um, for the overwhelming majority of people in the U.S. drinking black tea. So I thought that that was a really interesting story. Go check out Curiosity Stream in order to see more supply chain focused, you know, documentaries like that. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Everything is Logistics, a podcast by Digital Dispatch, where we help your company build a better website. 
And speaking of my company, I founded it back in 2018, but we recently streamlined our website services plans. So if you want to check out how we can help you and your marketing team build a better website and connect those ROI goals, then go visit digitaldispatch.io. You can also check out past episodes of this show and every show by hitting up the resources page on digitaldispatch.io or on everythingislogistics.com. I do some freelance content projects for select clients. And if you liked this show, then you might like some of the other content projects that I've worked on, like Cyberly, Maritime Means, and more. But until next time, I'm Blake Brumley, and I will see you real soon. Go Jags!